I'm Samantha Sherris. I'm Virginia Allen. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Tuesday, August 1st. Here are today's headlines. Our colleague Kate Trinko reports that President Joe Biden's administration will no longer move the U.S. Space Command to Huntsville, Alabama, despite the government's own analysis showing the move made sense. The Associated Press first reported the news, citing unnamed government officials as sources. The Associated Press also reports that the unnamed U.S. officials said the abortion issue had no effect at all on Biden's decision. The Biden administration initially delayed the decision, which had been made by President Donald Trump, to move U.S. Space Command to Huntsville, Alabama. The administration ordered new reviews of the move. Senator Tommy Tuberville, a Republican senator from Alabama who has been leading a months-long battle against the Pentagon for its abortion policy, released a statement about the news. It reads, in part, Over two and a half years ago, the Air Force chose Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville for the headquarters of Space Command over 59 other cities on the basis of 21 different criteria. As soon as Joe Biden took office, he paused movement on that decision and inserted politics into what had been a fair and objective competition. Not because the facts had changed, but because the political party of the sitting president had changed. Tuberville also said, This is absolutely not over. I will continue to fight this as long as it takes to bring Space Command where it would be best served. Huntsville, Alabama. We are learning more about Devin Archer's closed-door testimony before members of Congress yesterday. The Daily Signal's Fred Lucas reports that Devin Archer told a House committee on Monday that then-Vice President Joe Biden communicated more than 20 times either in person or on speakerphone with Hunter Biden's business associates. Archer, who is, of course, the business partner of the son of our current president, testified to the House Oversight and Accountability Committee behind closed doors. Archer said the then vice president brought the most value to the brand, particularly in a deal with Ukrainian energy firm Burisma, where Hunter Biden was a board member according to the committee, which released a series of tweets after the testimony. Archer's testimony was a clear contradiction of the president's repeated claims that he never communicated with his son about international business deals. House Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer said, Devin Archer's testimony today confirms Joe Biden lied to the American people when he said he had no knowledge about his son's business dealings and was not involved. Joe Biden was the brand that his son sold around the world to enrich the Biden family. According to the committee, Archer testified Burisma would have gone out of business if the brand had not been attached to it. The Biden family's involvement caused people to be intimidated about messing with Burisma legally, according to the House committee. Senior advisor to the White House Counsel Office, Ian Sams, tweeted that Archer did not directly tie Joe Biden's actions to Hunter Biden's business ventures. Of course, we will continue to keep you all updated as we learn more about Hunter Biden's business dealings. The Daily Caller News Foundation reports that Republican Governor Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma signed an executive order today that aims to define female, mother, and woman. 
Independence Women's Voice, Independent Women's Law Center, and Women's Liberation Front released and called for legislative adoption of the Women's Bill of Rights in March of 2022 to protect biological sex as a distinct legal category, according to a press release. Stitt spoke earlier today ahead of the signing of the legislation. Let's take a listen to some of his comments via Independent Women's Voices YouTube. I'm thrilled to, to gather and uh, really safeguard the God-given rights of women all across Oklahoma. It, it is such an honor to be the first governor to sign an executive order uh, to establish a woman's bill of rights. In 1972, Congress enacted what we know as Title IX. It prohibited sex discrimination across our educational institutions. Now, over 50 years later, there are some that don't want to recognize the important distinction of biological womanhood. Today, we're taking a stand against this out of control gender ideology that is eroding the very foundation of our society. And, our, and we are gonna be safeguarding the very essence of what it means the Daily Caller News Foundation also reports that Republican Representative Debbie Lesko of Arizona and Republican Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi introduced a version of the order as a resolution in February, aiming to affirm women's unique protections under federal law. Riley Gaines, who swam against biological man Leah Thomas, was at the signing ceremony and tweeted, so honored to stand alongside Governor Stitt as he signed an executive order on the Women's Bill of Rights, a law that defines sex-based terms like woman. Stitt is the first governor to take decisive action and safeguard women's privacy, safety, and equal opportunities. Illinois Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed legislation that allows non-U.S. citizens to become police officers in the state. According to the bill's text, the legislation provides that an individual who is not a citizen but is legally authorized to work in the United States under federal law is authorized to apply for the position of police officer subject to all requirements and limitations other than citizenship to which other applicants are subject. Republican Representative Mary Miller of Illinois tweeted about the news on July 29th saying at 5 p.m. yesterday, when no one was paying attention, Pritzker signed a bill to allow illegal immigrants to become police officers, giving non-citizens the power to arrest citizens in our state. No sane state would allow foreign nationals to arrest their citizens. This is madness. The Fraternal Order of Police also weighed in on the news telling ABC 20, what message does this legislation send when it allows people who do not have legal status to become the enforcers of our laws? This is a potential crisis of confidence in law enforcement at a time when our officers need all the public confidence they can get. At a Monday press conference, Prisker said, I am tired of the right wing twisting things. They put it on Facebook. They tell lies. There are people out there that think we're just allowing anybody to become a police officer. That's just not accurate. Fox News reports that the Biden administration began enforcing a national ban on different types of light bulbs, 
as part of its energy efficiency agenda. Fox News is also reporting that manufacturers and retailers will be prohibited from selling incandescent and similar halogen light bulbs, and manufacturers and retailers must instead sell light-emitting diode or LED alternatives or risk substantial federal penalties. Republican Representative Diana Harshberger of Tennessee tweeted about the news saying, Joe Biden and the radical left want to control every aspect of your life, down to the types of light bulbs you use in your home. The Department of Energy's extreme energy agenda is an attack on hardworking Americans. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, also weighed in, tweeting, 61% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and the Biden admin is worried about banning light bulbs. And finally today, The Daily Signal's Fred Lucas is reporting that Senate Republicans are pressing the nominees to lead the Smithsonian Institution about their views on recent woke and politically charged policies, programs, and actions from the taxpayer-backed national museums. In a letter first obtained by The Daily Signal, nine senators referenced examples of drag performers, religious discrimination, and promoting race-based narratives in question to the three nominees. The letter, led by Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah, said, in order to ensure that the Smithsonian Institution is not distracted from its mission by choosing to offer divisive ideological content, we respectfully ask you to commit the Smithsonian's nonpartisan unifying message by answering the following questions before you are confirmed by the Senate. The Smithsonian Board of Regents nominees include Tony Bush, a News Corp executive nominated to a first term, and two other re-nominated incumbent board members. Roger Ferguson, former CEO of TIAA Financial Services and former chairman of the Swiss Re-America Holdings Corporation, and Michael Govin, CEO of the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. The letter also reads, as you know, the Smithsonian has been entrusted since 1846 with a unique mission to support the increase and the diffusion of knowledge for the American people and received over $1 billion in taxpayer funds annually to advance that goal. A number of Senate Republicans joined Senator Mike Lee in signing the letter, including Rand Paul of Kentucky, Eric Schmidt of Missouri, Roger Marshall of Mississippi, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, Ted Budd of North Carolina, Rick Scott of Florida, and Ted Cruz of Texas. The existing Smithsonian Board of Regents, rather than the president, select the nominees. The Senate has confirmed the nominees together through a resolution, rather than through the traditional confirmation process. We will include a link to Fred's full coverage of this story in today's show notes. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to The Daily Signal's top news. If you've never had the chance to check out our morning interview show, be sure to do so. It's right here in this same podcast feed where every weekday morning we bring you interviews with lawmakers, experts, and of course, leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for the Daily Signal interview edition. I'll be sitting down with Laura Reese, who is the director of the Border Security and Immigration Center here at the Heritage Foundation, and Ellie Krasny, who is a visiting fellow at Independent Women's Forum and a former Heritage Foundation employee who now lives in France. 
We're going to be discussing the recent unrest in France and how it compared to the riots we saw here in the U.S. after George Floyd's death in 2020. Also, make sure to take just a moment to subscribe to the Daily Signal podcast wherever you like to listen and help us reach more listeners by taking a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.